Welcome to this edition of PowerPoint with Jack Graham. A little later in the program, we'll tell you how you can get a copy of the book, The Bible Code. But first, here's the message, How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Casualty. Now, what is temptation? Of course, temptation can be defined in many ways, but let me just say that temptation is the solicitation to take a God-given desire and to fulfill it in a God-forbidden way. Now, that's a simple definition, but I believe it's a powerful definition. To take a God-given desire. God has given us certain desires that are good, which are wholesome, and can honor Him. And these desires, when they are dedicated to Christ, can be quite fulfilling. But if Satan comes or self moves within us. We can be tempted to take something that is normal and natural, a God-given desire, and use it or even abuse it in a God-forbidden way. Temptation, of course, is very powerful because it promises a reward. It promises the reward of pleasure or power or profit. And Satan can manipulate our minds and seduce us in order that we may disobey God. Shakespeare called temptation the fiend at my elbow. The fiend at my elbow. When you read your Bible, you know that temptation is a part of life from the beginning of the Bible and all the way through until the very end when ultimately we are in heaven with Christ forever and separated from sin and temptation. But in the very beginning when man was created, Adam and Eve, were tempted by the devil in the Garden of Eden and yielded to that temptation. And throughout the pages of Scripture, we meet men and women who struggled with sin, who dealt with temptation in their lives. Even the Lord Jesus Christ, at the very outset of his ministry, was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He was driven by the Spirit of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And thank God Jesus did not respond positively to the temptation. He did not say yes to temptation. Remember, it's not a sin to be tempted. Temptation is not a sin in and of itself. Jesus was tempted in all points as we are tempted, yet the Scripture says he was without sin. So it's not a sin to be tempted. It is a sin when we say yes to temptation. Yield not to temptation, the song says, for yielding is sin. And these temptations are very powerful. When you think about it, you must recognize the influence of evil upon our lives. Don't think that you're not vulnerable to temptation. The moment that you think you're riding high, that's when pride sets in. And we know, according to Proverbs 16 and verse 18, that after pride comes the fall. The apostle Paul said that we can fall. Let him that stands take heed lest he fall. And therefore, our attitude towards temptation and our attitude towards sin is to be one of constant watchfulness and careful dependence. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, pray lest you enter into temptation. 
in the model prayer, Jesus taught us to pray every day, Lord, lead us not into temptation. That is, protect us from evil and temptation that follows. We need to realize our own weakness and rely upon his strength and pray daily that the Lord would empower us to resist and ultimately escape temptation. We know the influence. We struggle at times to say no, to break old habits, to purify our hearts, to overcome old desires and old motives. This is the struggle that I'm talking about. And you are not alone in the struggle. The people all around you, all of us, are struggling in the area of temptation in our lives. So how are we going to overcome? How are we going to deal with temptation in order that we don't become spiritual casualties? Turn in your Bibles to the 39th chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 39. This is the story of one of my favorite personalities in all of the Bible. His name is Joseph. Joseph, a godly young man, had great dreams, God-given dreams, God-given desires in his heart. And because of these dreams, he was sold into slavery by his own brothers, taken down to Egypt. And yet, even in Egypt, God gave this young man great success. His dreams did not die. And he is on his way to the top. Ultimately, Joseph will rise from the pit of slavery to the pinnacle of sovereign power as the prime minister of Egypt, second in command to only Pharaoh himself. But along the way, it was a struggle. And certainly, Joseph, as a young man, struggled with all kinds of difficulties and dangers and, yes, temptation. And when we meet, catch up with Joseph here in the 39th chapter, he is the master slave, the head of the household, if you will, of a man by the name of Potiphar. Potiphar was, in effect, the chief of police of the Egyptian kingdom. So this was a handy position uh, for Joseph. And he was given command over the entire household of this prominent man, Potiphar. And he found favor in the sight of this man, and he served him, according to verse 4. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. That is, the blessing of God was upon the household of Potiphar because Joseph was running things and taking command. Verse 6, we pick up our story. Thus he left, that is, Potiphar left, all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. By this time, Joseph is approximately 27 years of age. He's a handsome young man, and he is a powerful young man. The Bible says that God gave him success, and he had a different spirit about him. He was charismatic in his appeal and attractive uh, in his uh, physique. Verse 7, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. 
and there is no one greater in this house than I. Nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And so it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Think with me for a few moments as we consider how to become, how to avoid becoming a spiritual casualty first of the power of temptation. Notice how this whole story came to be. It's sort of like a daytime serial drama, isn't it? Or maybe even a nighttime drama. As Joseph, this godly young man, prospered and blessed by God, is doing his work, and then this woman by the name, we don't, we're not giving her name, I've named her Paula, Paula Potiphar. Most likely a very alluring, a very beautiful woman because a man in Potiphar's position would have had his choice of all the women of the Egyptian kingdom. And she had eyes. That's what the scripture said. She had eyes for Joseph. Notice this temptation was a surprising temptation. How could Joseph have expected this? The attack of the enemy came out of nowhere. Have you ever noticed that temptation often just comes suddenly, surprisingly, without notice? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that we are often overtaken by a fault or overtaken by a temptation. Why, you can be reading your Bible, for goodness sakes, and the most unbelievable thoughts and lies and deceptions can come into your mind. You can be in church worshiping Jesus Christ, singing hymns and songs unto him, and the most ungodly thought can pass through your mind. What is that? That is the surprising and sudden and seductive attack of sin. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham and his message, How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Casualty. Pastor, this month we have a special gift for our listeners who give a gift to PowerPoint. It's a copy of The Bible Code. What can you tell us about this powerful book? There is a truth you should know about the Bible that none of us can afford to miss. At its core, the Bible is the story of Jesus. He is the thread that holds everything together in the fabric of God's Word. And if you miss the story of Jesus written throughout the pages of Scripture, then you will miss the whole point of the Bible. But when you see Jesus in all of Scripture, the Bible comes alive because Jesus is alive. The profound truth that all of God's Word points to Jesus Christ is what generous friends like you help us share with millions of people all over the world through PowerPoint Ministries. Together we are shining the light of Jesus to those still living in darkness. That's why I want to thank you for your gift today by sending a book written by my closest of friends, Dr. O.S. Hawkins. The book is titled, The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible. Call today and get a copy of The Bible Code when you give. 
Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. Or text the word CODE to 59789. Now let's get back to today's message, How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Casualty. Secondly, this temptation was sustained. It was personal, it was powerful, but it was also persistent. Notice that Paula, Paula Potiphar, came after him day after day. After Joseph's initial rejection of the temptation, she continued to tempt him. She continued to invite him to commit adultery, to commit immorality. The temptation came day after day after day. Have you noticed that temptation never takes a day off and neither does the devil because he knows that ultimately if he keeps pushing, if he keeps prodding, if he keeps pressuring in an area of weakness and Satan often attacks and temptation often moves in our hearts at an area of personal weakness and pushes and pushes and pushes and ultimately if we're not prepared, if we don't do certain things to escape the temptation, we may fall. And Joseph was dealing with this persistent woman and this persistent temptation. It was sustained. The devil often attempts to get us to dwell on certain sins. And we get a lock in the brain, as it were, day after day. These temptations can come in one of three areas. Joseph's temptation, of course, was in the area of physical appetites. Interestingly enough, Jesus was tempted in all points as we are tempted, and when the devil tempted Jesus, it was in the arena of three arenas in his life and in our lives. One, when the devil said, turn the stones into bread, remember that? Jesus was hungry. He'd been fasting for 40 days. And so the devil came along and said, you're the son of God. Perform a magic trick. Turn these stones into bread. You can do it, Jesus. And that was a temptation in the realm of physical appetites. And many temptations take that, that track, that course. But then when Jesus rejected that temptation, the devil took Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple and dared him to jump off so that the angels could bear him up. He would be worshipped as the Son of God, Satan suggested. He could short-circuit the cross, take a shortcut to salvation for his people. They would just believe. But you see, Jesus didn't come to jump off the temple. He came to die on the cross for people's sins, for your sins and mine. And this was a powerful temptation. And it was appeal, it was an appeal to his personal ambition. That's a second category, if you will, of temptations. One, physical appetites. Two, personal ambitions, the desire for power, the desire for possessions, the desire for popularity, these kinds of desires that become inordinate and people begin to do anything to achieve prominence. And personal ambition is fulfilled against the will of God. Jesus rejected that temptation. So Satan took Jesus and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, if you'll bow down and worship me, Jesus, I'll give you all of this. You don't have to deny yourself. You don't have to go to the cross. Just worship me. 
This was a temptation in the realm of spiritual allegiance. Who and what will we worship? Will we serve God and worship Him only? Or will we yield ourselves to the gods of this age and of God of this world? Spiritual allegiance. So there you have it. And these temptations are consistent. And sometimes we get the temptations at various seasons and stages of life. It may be at some point in your life you deal more with physical appetites, but then ultimately you may move to deal with personal ambitions and spiritual allegiance. But the fact of life remains that temptation is consistent and persistent. And not only that, but notice the power of temptation. Not only was it surprising and sustained and subtle, but it was secret. After all, who could know? Who would know? Potiphar's wife's certainly not going to tell her husband. Joseph's not going to tell anyone. No one's in the house. No one will know. It was a secret temptation, you see. I believe the true test of a person's life is what that person is when no one is looking. This was the challenge of this temptation. It was a secret thing, potentially. Now we know that's a lie of the devil because ultimately those things which are done in secret, Jesus said, will be shouted from the housetop. Ultimately, we will give an account. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. But it, it seems so easy at times. No one will know. No one is listening. No one is watching. It's secret. So temptation is very, very powerful. That's the power of temptation. But thank God there is power over temptation and in the life of Joseph, in the testimony of this man of faith, we discover power over temptation. There are some principles that I want to mention right out of our text that will help us as we survive the struggle with sin. Principle number one is what I want to call the principle of preparation. The principle of preparation. Joseph had spent his years, his life, serving, worshiping, following God building a spiritual character. And so when the temptation came, he was prepared. Character was present before the crisis. Before he said no, he had already said yes to certain things in his life. He had strengthened his heart and had forged spiritual fiber in his soul that enabled him to resist the temptation. You see, a crisis... A struggle with sin doesn't make or break you. It only reveals what you already are. That is preparation. Then there's the principle of dedication. Look with me again at the text in chapter 39. After uh, the temptation is offered in verse 7, verse 8, he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. I love this about Joseph. He was a faithful man. Faithful to God, but 
faithful to his friends. He was loyal. He was dedicated as a loyal subject and servant of Potiphar. And he would not break that covenant. He would not break that vow. He had made certain promises to God and certain promises to himself and certain promises even to this man. And he was dedicated to that. And he refused to commit sin by taking this man's wife for himself. So dedication, it's the principle of dedication. He was dedicated to his family and to his friends. And then thirdly, there's the principle of separation. I want you to look at verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her. That is, he didn't go to bed with her. But notice that last phrase, or to be with her, or to be with her. He did everything possible to separate himself from this potential sin, from this woman who was seducing him. Joseph was smart. He was a wise man, and he refused to be caught in this woman's web. And so if you want to be a victor rather than a victim in temptation, you need to make sure that you do everything possible when you are facing a temptation of any kind to separate yourself. But not only was there the principle of separation, but there is the principle here, and don't miss this, what I'm going to call renunciation. Joseph squared his shoulders and said to Paula Potiphar, no. Notice what he said in verse 9. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Ultimately, Joseph knew that he was accountable to God. Certainly, his sin would have been against himself and his convictions and his conscience. Certainly, his sin would have been against Mr. Potiphar. Certainly, his sin would have been against his friends and those who knew him and sins against his testimony. But ultimately, he recognized as we must recognize that all sin is against God Almighty. Then there's the principle of adoration. You have to find if you're going to say no to something, you have to say yes to something else. And that something else is someone saying yes to Jesus Christ. One of the most powerful antidotes to temptation is this. Fall in love with Jesus Christ. Love him. Desire him. Seek an intimate relationship with him. Develop intimacy with God in prayer in Bible study, in worship. Seek with all of your heart to find your pleasure and your joy and your satisfaction in Him. That's the principle of adoration. Then I like this one. You're going to like it too. The principle of acceleration. What did Joseph do when the temptation came? Finally, Paula thought she had it, and she grabbed him, and Joseph ran out of the room, leaving his coat behind. You say, what a coward. No, that was courage. And sometimes, certainly with this sin of immorality, the best way to get out is just to get out as fast as you can. Run! Get out! Don't consider it. Don't wait. But get out and remove yourself just like Joseph did. You're listening to PowerPoint with Jack Graham. And today's message... How to Avoid Becoming a Spiritual Casualty When you understand that Jesus is in every book of both the Old and New Testaments, 
the Bible will come alive in a way you've never experienced before. This profound truth is what led Dr. Graham's friend, O.S. Hawkins, to write his book, The Bible Code, Finding Jesus in Every Book of the Bible, which we want to send as a thanks for your gift today to help boldly proclaim God's Word through PowerPoint. As you read it, you'll gain a greater understanding of Jesus' presence throughout Scripture and His presence in your own life as well. So request your copy of The Bible Code when you call today. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word CODE to 59789. And don't forget to visit jackgram.org where you can shop our e-store or give a gift online or sign up for Dr. Graham's free daily email devotional. Our website, again, is jackgraham.org. Pastor, what is your PowerPoint is taking a God-given desire and fulfilling it in a God-forbidden way. Now, that's a very simple, but I believe a powerful definition because God has given us all certain desires that are good, desires which honor Him. But then Satan comes along and our self rises up. And when we are tempted to take something that is God-given and abuse it in a way that is God-forbidden, it becomes sin. Now, the reason that temptation has such a great pull and influence upon our lives is because sin promises rewards such as pleasure and power and profit. And of course, when you read the scripture, you know that temptation has been a part of man's experience on earth since the very beginning, since the Garden of Eden. And it's going to be that way to the end of the world. Until we're in heaven with Christ and forever separated from sin and temptation, we will deal with these issues. So in the scripture, we meet men and women who struggle with sin and who dealt with temptation victoriously in their lives. Even the Lord Jesus was tempted by the devil, but yet he never yielded to that temptation. So it's not a sin to be tempted, but it becomes a sin when we say yes to the temptation. But as we yield to the Spirit of God instead of yielding to sin, we find power to overcome in our lives. We don't have to be a victim. We can be a victor over sin and temptation. Now, there are some people who have dozens of reasons why they can't refrain from sin, uh, reasons that really are just excuses. They blame everything from their hormones to the way they were raised, their background, their lack of education, whatever. But the only difference between them and the person who has victory over sin is that they have said yes to sin, while others, by the grace of God, have said no to sin and overcome. God will give you the power to resist any temptation in your life right now. And if you're going through a struggle, if you're facing a temptation right now, you can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, I promise you, he will, as the scripture says, make a way of escape. You can win over sin. Do it in the name of our Lord. And that is today's PowerPoint. Remember, when you give a gift to PowerPoint, we'll send you the book, The Bible Code as thanks for your generous support. Call 1-800-795-4627. That's 1-800-795-4627. You can also text the word CODE to 59789. And join us again next time as Dr. Graham brings a message about facing and defeating the giants in your life. That's next time on PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint with Jack Graham is sponsored by PowerPoint Ministries.